Recently, the Reserve Bank of India returned payment aggregator applications of Paytm, FreeCharge, and PayU. Meanwhile, it gave in principle authorization to 32 existing payment aggregators that includes Google and Amazon. Hi, and welcome to the BL podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. My colleague Hamsini Kartik delves deep into this topic and explains the difference between payment aggregators and payment gateways, the significance of payment aggregator license, and why Paytm's application was rejected. Hi, Hamsini. Thank you so much for joining. Hi, it's always a pleasure. So, Hamsini, uh, my first question to you is: What exactly are payment aggregators? So, uh, there are. two components here one is a payment gateway and the other is a payment aggregator payment aggregators by default are usually fintechs a lot of these new age companies that we've been frequently talking about especially in the last 4 5 years which mostly operate they, they're not conventional banks or conventional nbfcs they're fintechs who have the technology to facilitate payments right so like i said there are two categories payment gateways and payment aggregators payment gateways is a very simple mechanism they just facilitate the transfer or the movement of money the passage of money okay and mostly payment gateways are banks people like mastercard visa and all that who are enablers of payments now payment aggregator uh is a larger piece okay payment gateway is a subset of payment aggregators therefore even fintechs can be payment gateway we we have cc avenue like when you're going online to make card payments and all that you would have seen that uh you'd have seen this a uh, little circle doing rounds uh redirecting you to cc avenue page so mm. cc avenue is a payment gateway when you enter your card details your your uh, net banking details or whatever it facilitates the movement of money from your bank account or your wallet or credit card to somebody else's account right um what is a payment aggregator now somebody who who um aggregates or somebody who enables the entire payment system back to uh, back to back uh, who does all parts of the payment payments component for instance sometimes money doesn't get reflected immediately it gets stopped or it gets stored in a certain account uh, sometimes uh, there is uh, there is a little bit of credit element that is involved in there so all this put together is what is called as a payment aggregator right payment aggregator therefore by default is a, a slightly larger um, ambit that we're talking about the most important difference between a gateway and an aggregator is that an aggregator is a interface it is an enabler it is a processor of payments and therefore an aggregator can be an online as well as an offline uh, module of facilitating payments okay and uh, a payment aggregator would uh, enable you to do cards cash like for instance uh, you have these uh, cash kiosks right uh, those are also a form of payment aggregators and uh, there there 
earlier these people were only uh, largely defined by uh, what we call as the pci norms the payment and the cards industry related norms um, it was somewhere in 2020 or 2021 that the rbi thought of uh, you know licensing these people as well so in the first year a payment aggregator should have a net worth of somewhere around 15 crores and that should go to about 25 crores in the next year so there are these milestones to cross and this is largely to sort of uh, uh, what do you say establish that these are financially sound entities these are entities with a wherewithal to uh, be in such businesses and so on and like with the case of banks or nbfcs even payment aggregators or payment gateways they go through a very important uh, fit and proper criteria uh, basically the promoter should have a very clean track record should be indian based uh, uh, rather should have a nationality based out of india uh, should uh, uh, should have a line of business which has not gotten into regulatory tangles of any sort and so on and so forth so that is also another criteria that payment uh, aggregators will have to satisfy apart from the basic net worth criteria so and what is this payment aggregator license that the rbi gives uh like uh, we just uh, uh, spoke sometime back a uh, payment aggregator we're talking about a very wide network here okay um pay, they are they may seem to be doing the same job of facilitating transfer of money but the ability of the payment aggregator to reach out to more people is much wide for instance uh, let's assume i'm a kirana shop okay uh, i can have somebody like a bill desk coming to me and saying that anything related to your payments whether digital or even cash mode though bill desk doesn't do uh, non uh, digital as such i'm just citing it as an example uh, they can have a tie up with me to do end to end of it take the case of m swipe or uh, your cards machine your cards pos right um the point of sales machine that we're talking about these are small devices where uh they not just facilitate the uh, swiping of card but you 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 can find out your balance you can find out uh what is uh, i mean what kind of loan products are available through that little device that you see the pos device that you see more importantly it provides a layer of encryption to the money to your information stored and so on so uh, an, an aggregator is a very vast um end use product okay a payment aggregator is a b2c kind of a thing for instance uh, like like i mentioned just now if i'm a merchant i can be approached by many payment companies to have business with me therefore it's a very interesting piece this is a payment aggregator is the one who ends up handling money like uh, we call it the kalla very colloquially in tamil right or the cash box um, it is the cash box of any merchant it is the cash box of any business dealing with money so imagine the potency of payment aggregator they can pretty much do end to end of anything related to that uh, money which is getting stored in the cash box
Okay, understood. And recently, the RBI return payment ag- aggregated applications of platforms like Paytm, Free Charge, PayU, or uh, why so? There are two, three elements to it. Um, and uh, PayU's rejection in particular is very interesting because Buildesk and PayU were supposed to get into a marriage. Those stocks flopped a couple of months back, if you recall. Um, and interestingly, Buildesk has been given a payments aggregator license, uh, whereas uh, PayU has been rejected. Uh, likewise, Paytm also, I think this is the second time that they've approached RBI for the license. Remember a couple of months back, sometime in November or so, the companies came out with a statement that uh, uh, the RBI turned down its license and therefore it will reapply. And mm-hmm. I think this reapplied uh, uh, version has also now been rejected. So this is a this is the second time rejection for uh, Paytm. Uh, free charge has also been turned down, like you said. Uh, there are two, three layers. One, um, I think somewhere the ability to directly handle customers is getting sort of questioned. Point number one. Point number two, and the more important thing is that of fit and proper. Uh, And by fit and proper, we usually refer to the ownership structures of these companies. Um, You would be aware that about two years back, there was this huge anti-China or anti-Chinese investor uh, uh, uproar that happened in India. Mm -hmm. And uh, we saw a lot of these apps, including TikTok, getting banned in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... In case uh, uh, of fintechs which have huge Chinese investor backing, which is the case with Paytm, Paytm has SoftBank, Paytm has uh, and everyone in it, Alibaba, everyone in it. Uh, there is a huge amount of uh, uh, China China based promoters invested in Paytm. Okay. Uh, PayU also has the Chinese nexus. I'm not quite sure what the scenario really with free charges because free charge is a subsidiary right now of uh, Axis Bank. Uh, So perhaps for these reasons or there could could be some some discomfort that the regulator has with the way in which these people are handling technology, with the way in which these people are handling security-related aspects, the back-end aspects of the whole process. So these are largely the reasons why an application gets turned down. If you recall Worldline, which is a global company, um, they also had their PR application turned down back in 2021 and now recently they have got it uh there is another very interesting thing in this Navodita. so the the rbi has for the first time put out a long list of all the names who applied so far uh what is the status of their application and the status of application has been divided into three parts approved uh still in the works are still awaiting approval and rejection list Okay, so this list, this uh, uh, um, uh, catalog, which the RBI has released now, that will be continuously updated uh, by the regulator every fortnight. So, which means that any time I could be rejected, I could go for a reapplication and take the chance again. Okay, all right. So basically not receiving a payment aggregator license, like losing it is a negative connotation, right, for the company? It is. It is. 
for a person like payu it means that they cannot do a merchant acquisition or a free charge they cannot do any fresh merchant acquisition same with the case of paytm as well paytm has already uh, i mean paytm has already done that uh, it, it has a payments aggregator business it has already uh, like for instance you have soundbox dev- devices they have their qrs uh they have their uh, uh, wallets so they have they have all the payment related backend infrastructure in place they are they have a huge and possibly paytm has one of the hugest uh, um, merchant networks in the country uh neck to neck or a little lower than that of uh, uh, uh phone pay um no Uh, and and here i'm not talking only about the qr or the upi based thing i'm talking about the entire uh, uh, payments arena as such so uh, paytm already is established there by virtue of this application getting turned down it means that they cannot go and acquire fresh merchants so whoever they are doing business with they can continue with it but the pool cannot increase till the time that the license comes in okay. that's what it means for paytm okay all right all right so lastly the rbi recently also said that payment aggregators can be used loan repayment can you explain a bit about the same um it's uh, pretty much see how do we right now pay our emis we either give us a standing instruction through a ecs mandate or uh, there is a net banking option that we can possibly activate the same way we can give a standing instruction through uh, uh net banking or through cards or you can pay your emis by cards as well so uh, i mean it, it there are there are multiple options to pay your uh, uh monthly loan installments and one of the option is uh to facilitate that through payment aggregator so basically whatever is the existing cha- channel like for instance the ecs mandate and so on you are extending it to the other streams of payments as well uh but the interesting thing is that uh, the monopoly that nash or that ecs had in the in the system as far as repayments is concerned that maybe we could possibly see it come down over a period of time but it's really early days we'll have to sort of wait and see how this whole thing takes shape because by default all of us do tend to opt only for uh, a ecs mandate so are we going to be comfortable with let's say a um a monthly upi a swipe or something like that we'll have to really see but having said that yes um, um you don't have to mandatorily just give a cancelled checkbook a check leave any more to your banker if you want to repay your loan uh, on a on a monthly basis there are other modes also available and that is the significance of payment aggregators being allowed into this arena okay all right hamsini thank you so much for your time thanks a lot thank for joining you. us thank you so much for listening to us if you like our content please subscribe and share thank you